The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies, leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his deceased brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman, but died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And likewise, all the seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like the angels, and they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Some years ago, a friend of mine, who is a big fan of history and the presidents of the United States, went on a tour of the house of John Quincy Adams, the birthplace of John Quincy Adams. He was the sixth president of the United States. As the tour group was about to enter the house, the guide says to them, we're sorry for the difficulty but we're doing some renovations on the second floor, so we're only going to be able to see the first floor of the house on today's tour. Suddenly, for my friend, there was nothing more interesting in the world than the second floor of John Quincy Adams's home. He had to see the second floor. Why would he come here if he wasn't going to see the second floor of John Quincy Adams's home? And before he realized it, the tour was over, 
and he had heard nothing because all he had thought about the entire tour long was the second floor of John's Quincy Adams's home. And the Pharisees are approaching something like this that I think is something we can get caught up in at times. They're asking this very convoluted, complex, technical question and can get so caught up in the question itself that they lose sight of what matters that's right before them. When I went to philosophy studies as a Jesuit, I took my first philosophy course from a teacher who was sort of an atheist, not fully committed. But he opened the class with this question. Can God create, so can God create a rock so heavy he can't lift it? That's a great question. Because I guess if God can create a rock so big he can't lift it, there's something he can't do. But if he can't make a rock that big, there's something he can't do. That's a really good question. And that can send us into the same kind of whirlpool of question asking that the, fair, that the Sadducees, excuse me, have fallen into in today's gospel. It's interesting that in the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the tree that they are grasping for is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, of wanting clarity on their own terms. When in that same garden, there's a second tree that we very rarely speak of. We almost forget that it was in there and that it was also available for them. And that was the tree of life. And I imagine God must have been standing over by the tree of life saying, I never said you can't eat from this tree. But they fall when they grasp instead for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We can get caught up in the same kind of trap, especially when it comes to questions about the resurrection of the body from the dead and what life everlasting will look like. We can know so little about it in this life. Even St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians in the 15th chapter deals with the resurrection of the dead and the resurrection of the body. And at one point he says in there, what is it going to be like? Well, could you imagine what a rose was going to look like when you were only looking at the seed? What we have today and what we know of what that will look like is like we're looking at the seed. We cannot imagine what comes beyond it. And we can trust that it is good because we know that God is good and has been good and is always good to us. But we can't know and we don't know exactly what that's going to look like and how it'll work. There's so many interesting questions you could ask. How could someone cremated be brought, to a battle, brought back to some sort of bodily existence? Or someone whose body is decomposed? Or someone whose ashes were scattered because the family didn't realize that we don't practice that as Catholics? There's so many questions that could be asked and we could spend time wrapped up in trying to figure out. And there are people who dedicate their lives to that and that is not a bad thing. It's been their vocation and their call to work out some of those things and try to bring some clarity for the rest of us. But if we find that we get so trapped in those questions that we're grasping at them and we lose sight of the present moment, I think that's a good indication that maybe here the evil spirit's getting, taking advantage of us and we're getting caught in a little whirlpool that spins us in circles but never takes us anywhere. I think that if Christ had been next to my friend when he started that tour of John Quincy Adams's home and suddenly became completely consumed with what does that second floor look like and could think of nothing else, 
he would have said to him, instead of trying to figure out what that second floor is going to look like, maybe you can just enjoy the tour that you're on right now, as it comes, each moment and one moment at a time. God in that garden offers us the tree of life, which is the present reality that we're living in in each moment. There are moments to ask those questions and it is not bad, but if we get caught up in them, we're losing sight of God. And I think that maybe the best answer to that question that that philosopher asked of the class, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it, might simply be, great question, I'll ask him when I see him. <laughs>